Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode number 87. On today's show, Simone discovers a new book based on the Bible miniseries. Another unfortunate Dong made the news. And Steffi is really disappointed in Amy Grant. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Torkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? Oh, Frank Walker here from National Tiles. <laughs> okay, tell everybody what that's from. Hello, Frank Walker from National Tiles. Okay, yeah, so um, Stephanie posted a video on Facebook during the week saying I just, like, she kept cracking up just when this man says uh, says hello. And uh, how does he say hello? It's, hello. Um, yeah, it's in... Hello. <laughs> He gives a little intro about why you might need him for tax masters, and he goes, hello! And then he keeps going, and it's so rehearsed, and the placement just kills me every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So after she posted that, which I loved, I I felt compelled to share my favorite hello, which is from a a a radio commercial in Australia for National Tiles. It actually should be called Bargain Tiles, and then it became National Tiles. But hello, Frank Walker here from Bargain Tiles. And then it changed to hello. Frank Walker here from National Tiles. Wow. <laughs> and I just loved it. And like people like around the office would just go, hello. And my dad tries to do it, but he can't really do it because he's Sri Lankan. So he just goes, hello. But it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> and he hates it. He hates it. But I love it. Yes. Hello. Hello. Frank Walker from National Tiles. Um, oh, well, after that, in that same thread, Jonah posted Betty Butterfield, who she has introduced oh, yes. me to and we're obsessed with. And she starts all of her segments with, hello. And so that's how Jonah hello. and I say hello to each other. Yeah. <laughs> so many good hellos to, to be to be uh, drawn from. There was a, a nursery in Australia. I think they got in some sort of legal trouble, um, Chris and Mari. But they used to go, hello, hello, it's Chris and Mari here. Hello, hello, get down to Chris and Mary's Clampons for a 10-day pink tutu clearancer. <laughs> Why did they get in legal trouble for the way they said hello? I don't know, because I didn't live there at the time. I think oh. I, maybe it was a tax thing. I can't remember, but I wasn't there at the time. But yeah, hello, hello, it's Chris and Mari here. And they're just like hello, these hello. people with no personalities trying to be all excited about the nursery. <laughs> I'd like for them to get in legal trouble for copyright infringement on the way they said hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, they didn't steal Frank Walker's, that's for sure. That's too bad. Um, <laughs> now, uh, when we're done with today's episode, listen, a few weeks back, um, uh, for the last several months, we've had uh, our friend uh, Aaron Mason from the Grapes of Rad doing our uh, intros. And at the end of conclusion of each episode, we're like, who's going to write the intro for Aaron? And one of us does it. And both of us forgot to even say I'll do it or can you do it or anything so you know I'm editing I'm like oh shit nobody asked him to do it so I had to get Greg to do it but um, (laughs) anyway uh, so then I think the week after that Stephanie says so do you want me to to ask Aaron do you want me to take that responsibility do you want want me to put do you want to put the onus on me (laughs) 
to, 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 to write the intro for Aaron. And I was like, well... I'm, I'm happy to take responsibility, but I do not want the onus on me. Because as some of you may remember, um, I have a real problem. And so does Stephanie with the word onus, because it sounds like anus. So, yeah, that's why I do not want the onus on me. Stephanie has the onus on her. Yeah, the onus on me. Ew! Oh, before we had kids, this has been like 10 or so years, obviously. Um, David and I were talking about how the onus was on the other, and, and we're like, what what comes to your mind when you th- hear the phrase, the onus is on you? And we each drew, like, what was in our mind, and, and it was pretty much the same thing, like, two people standing on a planet and a giant anus descending from the sky. <laughs> yes. About to swallow them up. And so that hung yes, in our fridge you... for, like, a year. <laughs> so great. I think you that you posted that picture the last time we talked about oh my God, the I onus. Did. Yeah, yeah, it's already on, the, on a previous blog, but fish it out again because everyone needs to have visualized what an onus on someone looks like but Greg heard that episode when we talked about it last time and he reckons that it doesn't sound like uh, anus he doesn't see the connection like are you out of your mind there's one letter difference and you only have to put a little line on the edge of that O and it's an A and it's an anus I can't believe a guy who does Neil Hamburger isn't dirty minded enough to have that even occur to him (laughs) I'm looking at it I'm looking at my screen onus onus it's so gross it is disgusting yuck anyway you have the onus on you i don't very responsible but i have no onus it's nice and warm in here in my onus (laughs) i can't see anything but it feels warm um so i had my annual work evaluation last week and i think i was telling you that i was super nervous about it and um because, as you know, I have been talking about this certification test that for all 14 of my years there, I've been instructed <laughs> to pass and I have not <laughs> any of the times no. I've taken it. And so um, I, was, I was scared going in. Plus, I'm just on the internet all day, so I have all these reasons for them to be mad at me. And I go into my evaluation and she goes, well, evaluations here are just an excuse to tell you that you are doing a wonderful job. And I'm like, really? <laughs> She's like, yep, and I'd give you a raise if I could. And because my self-esteem is so low, I was just like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, that was good enough for me. Oh, you'd give me a raise if you could? Thanks. (laughs) So, anyway, I was shocked. I'm still walking around in a daze, and that was almost a week ago. But um, I just wanted to say that she told me that no one is disappointed that I haven't passed my test. (laughs) Wow. And they're excited. They're, like, impressed with my tenacity. That's huge. That's so great. Well, remember when you told me during the week that you passed it, that that you did well in your evaluation? I said I kind of knew because you you seem to be always darting away and going back to work instead of chatting online. <laughs> I know, and I think I told you in that conversation. I'm like, yeah, I tried to compensate for my internet usage and exam failure by being ridiculously easy to work with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes a long way. It really does. It apparently. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> so. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, that's well, my good news. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. On that. Um, oh yeah. When you said I'd, uh, you know, she'd give you a raise if she could, reminds me of. Um, uh, I went to see this documentary about Fishbone. I didn't know anything about oh, Fishbone, but I heard this documentary was good, so we went to see it. All these people like Flea and Gwen Stefani, and everyone was like, "Oh man, Fishbone's so influential on us," and just how important a band they were to them. And there's this really grossing, but they're like, they, they like never made it. You know, they influenced all these people, and they never 
hit it big, you know, and they're just like really poor and, you know, they're all like, it's a bad situation. It's kind of what the thing was about, how you could be such an important band and just be suffering, you know? Yeah. And so this is a really gross scene where Gwen Stefani says, I'd give them a million thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, give them a million dollars, you bitch. Wow. <laughs> but she paused. It was just like she pauses and, and says thanks. I'm like, a million thanks. Yeah, oh. thanks for that. They're fucking all poor. Oh, and you Gwen. guys made a whole career ripping them off. And <laughs> I'd give them a million. I should kind of pause too. I'd give them a million thanks. <laughs> I totally wonder about them, like how her and Gavin, like, is he totally have like mistresses on the side and, and you know, he's her little houseboy who plays tennis all day and, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally seems like a little chihuahua who's on a leash and she's like, whoops yeah. with him. But I just have to wonder. Yeah. They live in my neighborhood Ooh. and, um, yeah, and and I knew they did, but I'd, I'd heard that, but I'd never seen them. And then one day we were driving up the street, and um, there was, uh, like, we just were traveling in the normal main row of traffic, and this big black SUV is, like, trying to, like, cut across from the other side, like, into, like, a stream of traffic. And I was like, oh, fuck that car. Don't let that car in. <laughs> just, like, just because they were being a dick. And then when we came upon it, like, it was trying to go in front of us, and, like, we Greg made it so that they couldn't get in, and it was Gavin and Gwen in the front seat. I was like, whoa, I would have been so mad if we had let them in. Oh, so. Should have shot their tires out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was a triumph. That was yeah, a triumph. Never got over it otherwise. <laughs> Now, last week we were um, talking uh, a bit about, well, yeah, that I got a plane ticket for my forthcoming baby, and he was uh, labeled as Baby Baby, mm. and then we talked about Amy Grant briefly. But um, I want to ask you more about, because um, uh, I know you were obsessed with Amy Grant, but Baby <laughs> Baby is part of the, the terrifying non-Christian music part of a career, and how do you feel about that? Oh, well, at the time, it well, was a big deal. not how you feel deal. about it now, but how did you feel about it when it happened? Oh, let me tell you. I was at camp. Okay, well, actually, let me back up. It came out like around, you know, April or May of 91, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, that's my first memory of it. And I just listened to it constantly, and I was so excited. But I got this Christian magazine called Campus Life, and they're like, Amy Grant making the leap to secular music. And there's another magazine <gasps> called CCM, which was contemporary Christian music. And, and uh, my next-door neighbor, Natalie Lane, we um, were obsessed with Amy Grant. We had this giant Amy Grant scrapbook and we would like practice her signature together and like did exactly you know so we would have these these like little huddles we're like how do you think Amy Grant's doing? Like, do you think she's walking away from the Lord? You know, we'd have these <laughs> serious discussions <laughs> about Amy Grant. So I would go away to, to summer camp, to Bible camp in Colorado Springs, and I got an, a letter from Natalie, and she goes, I saw the video for Baby Baby, and in it, they're in a laundromat, and she's with this hot guy, and he takes her shirt off. <laughs> and to this day, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't remember that scene, but I was, like, devastated when I got this letter at camp. It, like, ruined my week. <laughs> you ruined your week. <laughs> I was really worried about Amy Grant, and I was kind of angry that she was giving in to the secular pressure of the mainstream. <laughs> wow, that's how oh, it was. She, but the video is pretty raunchy for a Christian girl. Like she and this guy, like they're both laying on the floor, like on their bellies, mm-hmm. facing each other. Because I watched it last week after, because Greg didn't know the song, and I was telling him about it. But he's got his shirt off, and you know, it's just like it just seems like it's sort of a bedroomy vibe, you know, and yeah. they're like kind of you know nuzzling and stuff, and yeah. It's very sensual. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm really mad at her. 
But um, another the I like I didn't you know I don't it didn't I knew about her from because I think I've told you before we had these Christian commercials just commercials from the Christian Television Association for Christianity and um, they, they showed part of her song Angels and um, and you know I, I, I had no problem with Christianity at the time but I hated that video because she'd get up out of her chair and like talk to this group of people like you know in the middle of a song just for impact and it really grossed me out but I wonder if you're you must know this song and if like you feel Is really, it felt really inspired and over me, by, every me, move I every make and just watching over me. I remember that video being super cheesy, and like there's a line about how a reckless car ran out of gas before it ran my way, and she's just like walking around and on this green in front of a green screen, and then this car goes like right in front of her, and she's like, <gasps> made it. God protected me. And even then, I remember Natalie and I were like, this is too cheesy. This is not okay. Oh, good, good. See, that, that's that's validating, you know, that even you at the height of your love, Amy Grant, could see there were problems with that video. Okay, yeah, so that's, but I that's felt good. so guilty for it. <laughs> and that's where they get you. Gosh. Well, I'm going to post on the, on the, um, on the, Dong Tini website, the part oh, that made me sick, where she gets up out of it. Because she's sitting like in a circle with people, like singing the song, and then Ugh. she gets up out of the chair, you know, and stands behind it, you know, with just like like hunched shoulders and yeah, for impact, and it's gross. Is it all so, like Richard Simmons before his class when he had to sit crisscross applesauce around him and he's on a folding chair? Uh, everyone's in a chair in this. Oh, I see. They're also in a chair. Okay. It's a little, little different. <laughs> Okay, so you're telling me that Greg has a story about the guy he thought was famous at the Canyon Club? Yes, yes. So last week, Greg went to uh, this place called the Canyon Club out in Agora Hills to see uh, Michael Nesmith doing a solo show, Michael Nesmith from the Monkees. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so he's sitting there. I guess they're like rows of seats that are kind of like theater seats. And there's this older guy sitting in front of him with like three younger women. And then somebody from the bar came up to him and was like, oh, um, a fan of yours wanted to buy you a drink. And I, Greg can't remember if he asked the guy what he wanted or if he just came with the drink. But anyway, so Greg was like, oh, I wonder who this guy is. And he kept trying to figure it out. And then, um, and then he kind of looked, like from the back of his head, he kind of looked like Ray Manzarek. And Greg was like, I wonder if this is Ray Manzarek from The Doors. And... <laughs> So, you know, Greg's still trying to figure out, wondering who it is. Anyway, then the guy gets up, and then Greg gets a better look at him, and it's not Ray Manzarek. So he's thinking, okay, well, it's not Ray Manzarek. Who is it then? He kept wondering. You know, mystery never solved. The next day, he's on Twitter, and this guy tweets at his Greg Turkington uh, Twitter account and says, were you at the Michael Nesmith show last night? I tried to send you a drink, but they sent it to the wrong person. <laughs> really? So who was it? Just nobody? It was just nobody. And the guy just took the drink. Wow. It's just funny that Greg was the famous person that he was wondering about. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah. Greg's so famous so, he doesn't yeah. even know it. <laughs> I know, right? It's so cute. But yeah. But he was like really annoyed that he didn't get his drink. <laughs> I would be annoyed too. Dang it! What did he send over? Yeah. <laughs> Was it what even something that Greg likes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because Greg can't remember if the guy if they asked him what he wanted or if they just brought him a drink. So 
That's yeah, good. It's nothing worse than like somebody giving you like a Jaeger shot or something and you're like, you hate licorice, yeah. you know? It's like, I can't, I can't <laughs> do this. This is not a treat. <laughs> oh, do you remember, I guess it was in Chapel Hill, like at Local 506, and someone kept buying Mike um, Jaeger shots and he just kept taking them and he had like six oh, or seven. Oh, is that what he was on? That's what he was on. Yeah. <laughs> He was fun, and then I just remember him getting on the internet. It was it was in the MySpace days, and he's just like going uh, while trying to figure out what's going on on MySpace. <laughs> oh, Mike. Um, now you posted this during the week on your Facebook, and I already had it on the document because uh, it was such exciting news. But um, I can't believe we haven't even talked about the Bible miniseries yeah, we have on it, the have show. We? We haven't, but yeah. So Mark Burnett, creator of Survivor, has uh, is put out a mini series called The Bible, um, which is based on a book. And anyway, <laughs> so now there is a story of God and all of us by uh, Roma Downey and Mark Burnett, which is a novel based on the mini series about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh my god. How I, How do you justify that? I You've people already can dumbed justify the Bible down into a mini series. <laughs> Let me tell you. What's uh, that? I, I I just I have no words for it. It, it makes me so mad <laughs> because it's as if the Bible isn't already based on a book. I mean, that's so obvious. That that's what's wrong with this whole premise. But it reminds me of, okay, do you remember the movie The Game with Michael Douglas and Sean Penn when yes. that came out? I love yes. that movie so much that I bought the hardback, or the, it wasn't even hardback, the paperback covered book version of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought it was the wow. book that the movie was based on. Wrong. It was the book based <laughs> on the movie. It was horrible. And I'm like, fuck. And I threw it across the room. And I can just only imagine, like, if you don't, you know, if the Bible's confusing enough and, and disjointed enough to start out with, what would Robert Downey Jr.'s version of the miniseries based on an ancient book be like? <laughs> So Robert Downey Jr. It's Roma Downey, a woman who played an angel on Touched say, by an did Angel. Did I say Robert Downey Jr. instead of you Roma sure Downey? You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dementia is taking me in a slightly positive place, at least some of the time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I still like Robert Downey Jr., but yeah, Roma Downey's not okay. And I think she's married to Mark Burnett. Is that how it goes? Oh, right, right, right. Anyway. Gosh. But it yeah, it's so good. Like well, shame. there are there are reviews on on Amazon for oh. the book based on the on the movies, <laughs> based on the Bible. Mm. Um, I can read one of those. Okay. And I've written one too, but I'm not going to read that one. Listen, can go and check that out if they want. Um, so finally, all the Bible stories in one place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When I watched the first episode of the epic TV miniseries, The Bible, I remember thinking to myself, this is spectacular, but what if I want to engage with these stories on a deeper level? After watching and re-watching and re-re-watching the entire series, it still felt like something was missing. Thank God for this book. Finally, all the stories from the Bible have been gathered into a single text. Now I can go right to the source to get the news straight from the horse's or donkey's mouth, as it were. If you want to relive the fall of humanity alongside Adam and Eve, the story is here. If you want to be captivated time and time again as Moses turns water into blood, look no further. If you are looking for the comprehensive account of just what God has been up to these last 5,000 years, you must buy this book. <laughs> Wow. 
And that's not all. Recently, a small group of friends and I have been getting together to study this, the stories here. What a blessing it's been. We're even thinking about gathering a larger group once a week and having a few gifted leaders teach us important truths based on this wonderful book. Who would have thought that a single text could be so life-encompassing and applicable? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, this isn't a perfect resource. I do have a few complaints and suggestions. Is there a leather-bound version available? I hope there will be soon. I'd like to have even more detail if possible. Why not add more stories along with genealogies, poetries, and maybe even a few letters? <laughs> What would be really cool is if there was some sort of reference system to allow readers to connect parts of the book to other parts when appropriate. <laughs> Certainly not damning criticism by any means, just some thoughts I had. <laughs> I, in any case, I, in any case, give this book two thumbs way, way up. If you've spent your entire life wondering if there is a god that you can put in a box, consume in small, easy-to-chew quantities, and to exploit in order to feel some arbitrary albeit fleeting sense of meaning and happiness this is the book for you if on the other hand you're looking for a true representation of the real god the god who is worthy <laughs> of your entire allegiance and all your praise the god who will use both blessing and suffering to transform you into the person you are made to be and who will ultimately give you eternal joy and infinite satisfaction i've heard you can find him in the actual bible but really who's got time to read that old rag or the courage <laughs> to encounter such a god for that matter so five four stars for that <laughs> Who are these people? I want to be friends with them who write all these reviews. I'm so well, good. you're friends with me and I wrote one, so. I want to hear it. But did you even read the book? <laughs> my star is a five star review, so, and 32 out of 35 people found my review helpful. Yes. So oh, I'll link to that on the website. So, oh, goody. Uh, yes, but yeah, please uh, vote it up if you, if you like it. Um, so yeah, that is insanity, and I think that review really summed it up. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I'm so grateful for things like that on the internet. I mean, this is why free speech needs to happen so that yes. people can yes. <laughs> take the piss out of things. <laughs> so how's your handicap parking pass treating you? Okay, yeah, so this week in handicap parking, um, <laughs> a new temporary segment until June 30th. Um, <laughs> I just love the sound effect. Okay, go on. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the sound effect. Yes, that screeching vehicle. Um, <laughs> yes, this week in handicap parking. Um, yeah, so as I said last week, I haven't been using it as much for parking in the handicap spaces, though I've been needing it more and more because I barely have to exert myself and I get this strain across the underside of my belly and I'm not supposed to have any cramping or anything because mm -hmm. it's kind of dangerous for me with my condition. Um, not just being pregnant, but my, my placenta issue, which I described uh, a few weeks ago. So I've got to take it easy. Um, but anyway, but the, but the other great benefit is that parking, not paying parking meters. So we pulled up to go to my doctor's appointment last week and... I was like, the space we pulled into already had an hour and a half in the meter oh. already. And I was annoyed because I didn't get to enjoy it because I didn't have to pay it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, damn it, there's already money in the meter. <laughs> and when we like, came back, there was still, like, we came, we were back at the car before even that expired. So I was, like, really annoyed because I wanted to get more out of it. So um, uh, that's the latest in this week in Handicapped Parking. <laughs> Sounds like that Alanis Morissette song. That's totally be one of her examples of irony. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally.
It's like a page oh, parking meter when you have a handicap placard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stuff. Now, I understand you have some... Dongs in the news! <laughs> I have a dong in the news segment for this week. And, um... It's pretty concise. I think that I will treat it a little bit like the Grapes of Rad do their Just the Headline segment, because that's really all that's necessary to fully enjoy this. James Watson of Virginia was arrested early Saturday morning after he assaulted his roommate for drawing male genitalia on his face with a permanent marker. <laughs> and that's really all you need, you know? It has the guy's mugshot, and he has a big dick yeah. on his face and Sharpie, and um, it goes on. To, it doesn't talk about anything that specifically went down, except it says the victim sustained extensive injuries to his face, and Watson was charged with malicious wounding. So he was really mad. <laughs> but I'm going to put a picture of this guy's mugshot at dongtini.com, because it just says it all. I mean, you just look at the picture, you're like, oh, I know exactly what happened. <laughs> Wow. Do you think he's homophobic and that's why a dong on his face really like scared the shit out of him? I was going to say, like, why is that such an insult? Like, is that, is that some kind of homophobic tendency that that would be like the worst thing? Like, you know, I'm guessing if he drew a vag on his face, that would be kind of awesome and the guy wouldn't be as mad. I'm just guessing. Hmm. (laughs) Do you remember our experiment when we were, um, you know, on that tour with Neil Hamburger, and we were trying to draw vaginas backstage where all those dicks were drawn on the walls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think vaginas are as compelling to draw as dongs. <laughs> They're definitely more complicated. Yeah, more complicated, and the end result is just not as, not as interesting. So... <laughs> Gosh, is that a very anti-feminist thing to say? That's a very straight thing real. to say, I would say. I yeah. don't know. I, but no, it's not. The, it's, I don't think it's a straight thing. I just there's just more too. There's more. It's out there, the dong. You know, there's more to see, more to look at, more to compare. You know, vaginas From the are outset, tucked in. You have to just really a get few gun- yeah. flaps. You have to get up close. And not a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, how mad would you be if I drew one on your face while you were passed out? <laughs> This is the real question of anti-feminist. I would be mad. I think if you drew one on my face, it would more depend if I had to be somewhere in a hurry (laughs) when I woke up. I think that would be the only thing that would make me mad or not. It's like, I have to be at an audition in 10 minutes and I have a vagina on my face. That could be an asset depending on what you're trying out for. Or if you had to go to a prenatal appointment. Like, I would just think that would enhance the experience and impress your (laughs) obstetrician. (laughs) Gosh, they'll be humiliating if the obstetrician pointed out how it was anatomically incorrect. (laughs) I know. Well, did I tell you about my friend Ryan who was, uh, he's gay and he was, you know, sitting at a bar with his gay friends and they all decided to draw vaginas on napkins and have the bartender lady judge which one was the best one. And so Ryan's boyfriend ended up winning the contest. And she goes, you draw really good vaginas. And he goes, well, I used to fuck them. <laughs> I used to fuck them. That's another edifying That's story from Don Keeney. Um, So we have a call from listener Jeff. Hey, girls. It's Jeff in New York. And uh, as part of my fantastic Easter celebration today, <laughs> um, celebrating some risen something, um, we stumbled across A Talking Cat on Netflix and had a great time watching it and also noticed 
<laughs> that uh, we'll, we'll be throwing a party in September of this year for the release of the newest film from the same team, A Talking Pony. So I wanted to make sure you were aware of that, and if you happen to, you know, come to New York for whatever reason in September, we'll have a grand old time. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Bye, ladies. I'm so excited about this Talking Pony prospect. I hope that it goes straight to Netflix. (laughs) 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 The equivalent of straight to DVD, because I'm guessing it's not going to be good enough, quite good enough, to go to theaters right away. If it's anything (laughs) like The Talking Cat. Um, Yeah, this is my new The Room. I mean... It, it will nothing will ever compare to the room, but for now this is a bit of novelty that I I'm just still uh, you know baffled by. I just can't believe this mo- this got made. So I'm wow. so excited. I gotta about get together and watch it. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Ooh. We'll be sure to watch just, it with Greg and text yeah, me yeah. memorable comments. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I gotta dive right into that. But yeah, now I mean there's already a sequel. I gotta catch up. I always tell people about the room. I'm like, whatever you do, don't watch it alone. And I don't know why I say that. I just, I just feel like it's something that you need to watch with somebody. I don't know why. I think because if you watch it alone, you just, it just depends on the kind of person you are and how open you are to that sort of thing. But I think you might feel a little dirty, a little confused, mm. and you need someone with you to reassure the feelings you're having while watching it. To, yeah. You need someone to furrow your brow to and look incredulous at and be like. What the fuck? You need someone to laugh with. You need someone to like assure you that this is not okay. Or just v- validate the feelings and the emotions that you are having. Yeah, that's so, exactly it, actually. Yeah. Because half the fun is, is uh, someone else going, did you see that? This really happened. They made this movie. Yes. They were serious. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, you have a lot of questions and you need someone to ask these questions to, even if they don't have the answers. <laughs> And you've got to watch it at least twice. <laughs> <sighs> the answer for this is because you cannot get it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, now, speaking of Netflix, I watched a documentary um, on Netflix on the weekend called Kumare. And um, Kumare was about uh, this guy. He's from New Jersey. He's second generation um, Hindu, Indian. Like his parents moved out to New Jersey from India and you know he was born in America so he's pretty you know they tried to keep up the Hindu traditions and he had to go to him do all the Hindu stuff but you know he was just kind of more into being an American kid so he's you know American culturally you know with a strong understanding of Hinduism obviously um and so, but he was, he grew up and not, not interested in it. And he went to India, just, you know, he just see all these yoga teachers and these phony guru type people and just a man, they, they, they must be better at this in India, but he went to India and just thought, these are a bunch of phonies as well, you know, these gurus. Really? So then he thought, what if I, could I, you know, pretend to be a guru and get people to believe me? So <laughs> he grows this long beard and this hair and he takes on this persona and like, he just speaks with American accent. He's, you know, American uh, uh, as I said, so but he like he just ev- evokes his grandmother's accent and yes. takes on this persona of this guy named Kumare and just and just like gets in with like a yoga studio and just like people they just start putting the word out and people start coming and they just treat him like a guru and they just see all this stuff in him because they project onto him what they want to believe and he's not like totally tricking them because the whole time he's kind of got this whole thing the guru is in you like he's always yeah. trying to like 
put the focus back. Like he's like, I'm just a mirror. I am just here to help you see what's in you. So he's essentially telling them Brilliant. that he's not trying to tell them the only way to whatever enlightenment is through him. He's really all all along telling them it's through you. But you know, while pretending to be this guru. So yeah, so it's a really great documentary. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it was very entertaining to to see these people totally buy into this and he's a fake guru the whole time and then at the end you know he reveals the truth and yeah they're were they mad different or you some, don't have to ruin it for me i don't care some people but. are mad some people like he's sort of present he's not trying to humiliate them you know he's just trying to show them yeah. but he kind of presents it like this is the way i showed this to you that that you know you didn't need somebody you had it yourself mm. you know and so they kind of appreciate it that way and somebody still thinks that he still has some powers because <laughs> And I've, I've said this, I've been talking crazy. about this with uh, with Eugene, our listener Eugene, and I said, I the way a lot of these religions work is that if I start if I start a religion, and you know got a whole leadership going, everything going, and had it going for a while, and then I finally say, you know what, I made all this shit up, you guys, I, they they ostracize me and continue with it. That's what would happen. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my prediction of what would happen is that you know. They'd rather overthrow the person who started it and keep it going once it's past a certain point yeah. than to, uh, to 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 admit, oh shit, I was an idiot, you know, I fell for this. So and that's and then that there's you know he doesn't take it like so far that that happens, but yeah, there's still someone who still thinks that yeah he's he's still got the powers. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it, I mean it makes sense. That's totally plausible because I'm thinking of Jonestown where they would. They're, they were willing to die along with their leader rather than have him die without them, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they went along with that, so... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I heard about this, and I told um, our friend the Dong Doctor, who is of Iranian descent, to watch it, and he, cause he does a really good accent, like his parents, and... Um, when we're, we're walking on the street in Chicago, and someone was trying to give us flyers, and he just goes, no English. <laughs> 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 he said it's Spanish, but it was great. It was very convincing. The guy's like, okay, I'm not talking to you then. I was like, oh, man, I wish I could do that to people on the street. <laughs> so have you seen it then in the Kumari documentary? No, not yet. I just heard about it. Uh, you just yeah. heard about it? Okay, yeah. So it's Kumari, K-U-M-A-R-A. K-U-M-A-R-E, you fucking idiot. If you want to see it, listen. We'll link to it on the website. Um, yeah, but that was that was pretty good. All the dog so I just wanted to tell a story of when I was wonderfully listening to your podcast and then one of my coworkers happened to come up beside me and um, asked what I was listening to. And I love your show, don't get me wrong, but I did not really want to say Donkini, I'm sorry ladies, but I did not want to say the name of the show. And um, so he was like, oh, what are you listening to? And I I really couldn't think of anything else. And um, I was just like, oh, it, it's, um, you know, it's a podcast. And he said, oh, what's the podcast of? And I said... Oh, well, it, it, it's a comedy podcast. He said, oh, well, what's it called? So at that point, I really just couldn't lie anymore. I said, it's called Donkini. What? Donkini. Donkini? Yes, Dong is in wiener. 
and I had Stephanie's voice in my head, and I just could not say anything else but dog is a wiener. This person does IT for my company. And he looked at me, and he just started laughing. Dong is a wiener. I hope you ladies enjoy that, because it was hilarious, and I love your show. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. Your call. Thank you for spreading the the word about Dongtini, albeit begrudgingly. But uh, <laughs> I wonder if you, he went and looked it up. How could you not look that up after you'd heard that there was a podcast called Dongtini and you laughed about it? I'd be curious. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that he he did eventually look it up on the sly, and then he cleared his browser history when he was done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, um, I just, uh, I guess the only thing I've left to add is that, uh, uh, back to Amazon, but I was looking for uh, some books about um, about baby sign language. Did you ever do this with your kids? Any baby I tried. Sign language? Yeah, I wasn't consistent enough. Uh-huh. Did you get anything at all, or did you just uh, zero? Not try hard enough to because I knew zero. what they wanted. Like I just, I knew when they were hungry. I knew when they were tired. I knew, you know. <laughs> but right, right, it's right. very effective. So, I mean, I have a lot of friends who their kids do it really well. So okay, cool. Well, I heard, I heard, you know, I don't know, I haven't, I don't know anything about it yet. But I was kind of curious to just learn about it. So I was looking for a book. Anyway, so I found this book, and of course, I find some stupid people reviewing things who shouldn't. <laughs> this one lady gives it a three-star review. I really like this book and would recommend it. I just wish I had a hard copy now. I got it for my Kindle and can't search individual signs. I have to go page by page through the signs. This wastes too much time. I need to be able to search for each sign quickly. So she's like giving it a bad review because she can't, doesn't like it on her Kindle. Oh. I just, oh, I think you could give it a good review and say, I recommend getting it uh, the hard copy, not the Kindle for this reason. Right. So she's an idiot. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one takes the cake. <laughs> and mind you, it's got zero of 12 people found the following review helpful. So it's zero not just me being a bitch. So that means 12 people said, was this review helpful to you? No. <laughs> yes. The review is entitled, this is a three-star review, Time Consuming. <laughs> this book is great if you are pregnant. My daughter is within the recommended age for teaching sign language and I do not have time to get very far into it. Wish I did though. Seems like a great book. Oh <laughs> my god. She and she gave it three stars. It, so she's giving the book three stars. Because she Apparently has no she time. Apparently she doesn't have time to be reviews a... on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. What a stupid, stupid cunt she is. And she says... <laughs> And I'm such a bitch, I left this comment. Maybe instead of reviewing this book, you should have reviewed your time management. It's not the book's fault if you didn't have time to read it. Useless oh review. <laughs> so you basically told her, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I, was just I didn't think I was saying that. I was just like, you know, that's what she needs. To, she's blaming the book because she didn't yeah. have time. I don't, I'm sure she's busy with a little baby. That's fine. But don't fucking blame the book. And give it three stars. Like, maybe give it one star or something like that. <laughs> it's like, it just is extra confusing. She is a stupid but, cunt. She shouldn't be reviewing it. She doesn't know what she's talking about. All she knows is that she didn't have time to read it. That is all she knows. <laughs> As I said, she's a dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, last night I was talking about um, 
<laughs> this friend that Dave and I have, and we she's really not a nice person. And so that's this is why I was I was making fun of her hair and I go remember when she cut her hair really short and she looked like a lesbian she looked she thought she was so cool with that haircut and I was like rolling around laughing and David goes he started laughing too and then he goes God you are such a cunt <laughs> and it just made me <laughs> laugh even harder <laughs> like laughing about oh. someone's hair like how mean is that you know yeah 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 that's pretty mean. But I just want to say that I really approve of the word cunt, and I don't like being shamed for using it, like the irascible feminists who who feel yeah. like that's a bad thing for me to be saying, so. No. Cunt, 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 cunt. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I think we'll wrap things up. Um, please go to dongtini.com and you can see clips of all the all the variations of the word hello that delights Simona me so much. And you can see my personal rendering of what I think it looks like to have the onus placed on you. Um, and all the clips and pictures of everything else we talked about on the show. So until next time, bye Simone. Bye Stephanie. Bye. bye.
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.